This is the Spa Retailer Podcast, where we talk about retail, business, and all things related to the hot tub industry. I'm Megan Kendrick, owner of Spa Retailer Magazine. And I'm Jeff Bailey, owner of Spring Dance Hot Tubs in Philadelphia. This episode is brought to you by Strong Spas. Welcome to the Spa Retailer Podcast, and today we have John Boker, also known as Legend, from the Legendary Pools and Spas YouTube channel. So welcome, John. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So John and um, the other John <laughs> from John... Yeah, no, Bereza, yep. Bereza, see, Bereza. <laughs> Who I know and have met, but you know, apparently I just can't say his last name out loud. Who is the marketing guru at Haviland? They started this YouTube channel a couple, I don't know, has it been has it been over a year now? No, it hasn't even been two years yet. So it's really over a year. Yep. It's really fun. And I actually got to watch them record an episode this last spring at Nordic Hot Tubs. And we thought we'd have them on to talk about the process and kind of what they do and why they're doing it. And I should mention, you know, I have a seven week old baby right now and I'm not super sharp. I say a lot of dumb things and I go blank often these days. And so we're just going to work through it. All right. Sounds fair. I've yet to have a baby and and I, I often do the same. So, well, I feel like I can use this as my out for anything dumb I do for the next you know, year, right? Sure. So I can squeak by with that for yeah. a while. <laughs> well, John, can you tell us just a little bit about how you got into the the pool and spa industry? I don't even know this story. When did you when did you get your start? Yeah, so it's uh it's the typical how you get into the pool industry story. Uh, working a summer job, loading trucks at a pool store, uh, working my way through college. I had ambitions. I was going to be a cop. That was my uh, that was my dream. Really. I sat and I tested and I was on a bunch of lists and, and you know, you don't, you don't get called. And uh, I finally told the, the proprietor of the store, I said, uh, hey, you need a full-time service guy to fix hot tubs for you. I don't have a job. I'm your guy. That's how I got in. That's how I really got started as a summer job. It progressed from there. You were a hot tub service tech as your full-time gig. Yeah, in the yeah. It was, uh, at that time, there I didn't even have a a cell phone. It was basically uh, some loose leaf typewritten papers from the manufacturer, some screwdrivers, a multimeter, and uh, in Michigan sitting in the snow reading this uh, diagram to try and figure out how to fix stuff. <laughs> Did you have an aptitude for that? Are you good at fixing things kind of uh, in general? My father was an engineer, so I had the ability to follow directions pretty good. Not that I knew exactly what I was doing, but I could follow directions. How did you go from doing that to to where you are now? So multiple years, there was a plan of myself and another guy buying the pool store from from the guy that we worked for. As life happens, those things fall apart. Uh, I took a job with with another company and did that for a couple, two years. And during that time, he was trying to sell the business. Him and I couldn't come to an agreement on what it was worth. And he sold it to someone else and I started my own store. At that point, I was uh, a one-man show in uh, 2008. The bottom fell out of everything. It was, uh, it was, it was exciting, uh, especially for my wife and two small kids that I had at the time. Oh, I'm sure they, they loved that. <laughs> yeah. Said, uh, hey, here's what's going to happen. We're taking our life savings and uh, we're investing it into me. My wife known, has known me for a while and she didn't like that idea, but uh, <laughs> uh, it, it turned out okay. What year did you go to work for Haviland? 
So I went to work for Haviland in 2012. And at that point, I had three employees. So I had a couple guys and a gal that could run the stores. I had, at that point, I had actually two stores. The guy that uh, him and I couldn't come to a price on the second time around, he uh, called me up and said, hey, this guy is leaving me and I want you to come back and run this place. I was able to um, reestablish that relationship and I had people to work. I would literally call Haviland because they were my chemical product line that I was selling. I would call them and say, hey, give me something to do in the winter. You know, I got people to run things. Let me go teach a class. Let me go talk to somebody about water chemistry and, and why it's important in a hot tub and things that can happen that are bad. And they called me back and said, uh, we want a full-time guy. And I said, okay, I got guys to run things. Let's do it. So do you still own your own your business while you do your work for Haviland right no, now? Then? Well, so no. So I ended up, I, I took the job with Haviland and I would get off the road, go work in the stores on the weekends. I tried to get my guys to buy it. I said, just take it. I don't need the money right now. Take it. We'll figure it out. Neither one of them had that, I guess, entrepreneurial spirit or you really didn't want to take that risk because, you know, it's it's a big risk, right? I mean, the, you're going to go do business for yourself. And my theory was always, it's not a risk if I'm betting on myself. I'd rather bet on myself than someone else. So one guy took a job with GM, which I couldn't pay him GM money. And the other guy ended up getting a job with Pool Corp. <laughs> he's an ops guy for uh, one of the- <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, funny. So he's, so he's still in the industry, at least. <laughs> when I knew that that wasn't the case, I had actually called a, a guy that I'd known that has multiple stores here in Michigan that was looking to get into the market where I, my store was located. He came in and made me an offer. I said, thank you very much. And we've done some stories. We did a big story this last year about kind of what it's like to be a, a product rep in the industry and what that's like. Is that what you would call yourself now? Are you, are you a, are you a sales rep or you, would you give yourself a different, a different title? Yeah, no, I mean, technically I'm, I, I mean, my business card says uh regional sales manager. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, I'm a product rep. I, Quite honestly, my job is is more, I don't want to say technical support, but yeah, kind of, as opposed to, hey, you know, I'm, I'm always sell, sell, sell. It's it's more of, I, I do the same thing now that I did to homeowners, right? I just explain people, explain things to people in a different way. Uh, you know, as opposed to a homeowner, I'm, I'm talking to a dealer. But that said... I talk to a lot of homeowners still too. What's it like being a, a, a rep? I mean, are you on the road a lot? Are you, what does your day look like? Today I was in Northern Michigan went and, and uh, drove back through all the snow and everything else. This week I'm at some uh, distributor shows, warehouse type shows. You know, I'm in Atlantic City. I'm, I'm traveling to different events. Plus I still have my, my territory that I typically stay in. I'm busy. I'm gone a lot. What I will tell you is that I'm home more on the weekends now than I ever was before ever in my life because running a retail store, it's seven days a week. I was there all the time. And so I was always the last guy to the birthday party for the kids. The last, I mean, my own kids' birthday parties. I was the last guy there. You know, when the grill man doesn't show up until after dinner, that's not good. So how old are your kids now? My son just graduated from high school last year. He is oh, congratulations. a freshman at a, 
ironically, a film school here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. <laughs> really? And my, my daughter, who uh, my wife doesn't like her nickname, but I've nicknamed her Spike throughout the year because uh, <laughs> of her aggressive play in basketball and softball. Nice. And so she is 15 now. She is a sophomore in high school. We're going to get more into the how the YouTube channel and videos came to be, but as it relates to being a, a rep, for lack of a better term, do you? I saw in one of them that you had an RV. Do you travel around in an RV, or was that a prop for that particular video? That was, that was actually at a uh, at a homeowner's house, and uh, you know I'm not shy, so I said, "Hey, uh, can we use this thing?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I figured it'd be hard to drive around Michigan and some of those northern states in an RV, especially this time of year. So <laughs> honestly, I, we would love to do it. If if I could make this my full-time job, being the YouTube star that I am, kidding. <laughs> we would uh, we would do it in a heartbeat. You know, both uh, the other John and myself have, uh, have other jobs that we have to do. So Jeff can relate to that, right, Jeff? You would rather just be a podcast host than oh, have yeah. to actually run a business and make money, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So how did the idea for the videos come about? Who spawned that? All right. So this was three years ago now. I was asked to give a presentation in Atlantic City. The name of my presentation was salt plus generator equals now what? Because, the you know, big misnomer of, hey, we just put this device on a swimming pool and that's all we need to do. Because the company I work for, we don't sell salt, chlorine generators or salt. So I got to drum up some business other ways, right? So anyways, I put on this fairly technical course and it was a full class. I got a lot of good reviews on it. We were heading to dinner, myself and the other John, the behind the scenes guy that, that makes it all work. We were walking down the street, going to dinner, and some guy yells out from across the street, Hey, it's the salt guy! <laughs> and, and the other John just looked at me and he said, I don't know what you got, but we got to do something with it. And that's really how it started. The YouTube channel started. We kind of brainstormed. He says, I want you to do these technical classes and do all this. And okay, great. We tried a couple and they were awful. Oh no! I cannot play the straight man in any video, right? I'm not that guy. Both of us, big fans of Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, and American Pickers, and those type of shows, and thought, man, could we do something like that in the pool industry? That's kind of how it blossomed. And then it went to, oh, I mean, product endorsements and dealers, and, and it really took on a life of its own. It was much bigger than us. And, and, and what we kind of both of us had decided was this is not about this is not about John Boker. This is not about John Bereza. This isn't even all about Haviland. And to Haviland's credit, they understood the importance of delivering the message to the masses about promoting our industry as a whole. What can we do to get those messages to get homeowners to understand what we do for dealers to be able to to play a, a video or send out some type of digital message to their customer base to say, hey, we've got this product or have you seen this? Or, hey, maybe this is just a fun little video. For me, because this is my life, I'm a pool guy and I'm always gonna be a pool guy. I learned a long time ago, I ain't gonna be a cop. That's not the path life took me, right? This is me, it's what I do. And, 
And how do I get that message? How do I make other people understand that this is a fun industry? It's good to be in. You're doing good things. Dealers educate themselves. They're going to these classes. They do things. Owners should know this, that it's not just a guy with a vacuum pole and a pickup truck. These are people that earn their living by giving you this information. John, I got to ask you something. So did you say your, what show were you at when you did your SALT seminar? Uh, Atlantic City. I'm actually doing it again uh, this year. You actually had the courage to walk down the street in Atlantic City <laughs> for enough time that somebody yeah. could yell out at the SALT guy. Huh? Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, well, I was walking fast because we were going to eat. So, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, you guys said, all right, we're not going to go with, I don't want to be the SALT guy. I like the legend better. How did the legend come about? The legend itself was, ironically, at a different event, at a big a pool school event in Cincinnati, where at this dealer, there's, oh, man, three to 400 homeowners attend this event. There's different manufacturers that come in and talk about their product. And if you buy during this event as a homeowner, you get this great deal on stuff. So everybody gets to talk about their cool automatic cleaners, their fancy test strips, they're all this cool stuff. And I got to go up there and explain pH to people <laughs> and explain what is important. But nothing works without that, by the right. way. Right. So it's a... <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I, I start my presentation and, and, and I get into it and, and I'll never forget it. I was, I was at another educational meeting and this was in Indianapolis, I believe. It was the World Health Aquatic uh, meeting with all the water park people. I mean, people from the CDC and really, really super smart people. I ain't that guy, right? We're listening and, and a woman from the CDC is explaining about all these diseases and why things are bad. And she says, the average person is walking around with a peanut size amount of fecal matter on their person at all times. And no. I went, well, that's gross. No, I did not need to know that. So, so I need to use that in my presentation. Why do you need chlorine? Peanuts, that's why. <laughs> so it's so gross. I have an infant, so I've got to have like three peanuts on me at any given time right now. Like it's you never know what you're going to find. I wasn't expecting this, trend, but um, okay. So so quickly to how you got the name the legend from Big. I had peanuts during my presentation on why you need the chlorine, and I yell and I say peanuts. Well, I start it with. Who in the room thinks they're above average? And you always get a couple people, you know, they're going to raise their hand. I say, keep your hands up. Who thinks you're below average? A couple people. I say, keep them up. All right, now look around. And then I explain that the average person is walking around with a peanut-sized amount of fecal matter on them. So I get a, a big laugh. And uh, one of the other reps looks at me and says, you're a legend. And it's stuck. <laughs> so that's how I got the nickname. <laughs> It's pretty bold to go online and call yourself legend. <laughs> yeah, I'm not shy, but uh, no. Well, you can't be. I feel like to do something like this, right? No, and it's and again, it's all for. I mean, I'm telling you, laughter is one of those things that, especially in the business world, we people get so caught up on what spreadsheets say and what those numbers are, and they forget about what we're trying to do as an industry. Hot tubs are fun. 
Swimming pools are fun. That message needs to be put out there more and more. And I think we're doing a better job at it. I really do. You know, with things like this podcast, with I mean, it, it helps. It really does help to uh, to get people more engaged in what we're trying to do. I got to witness you guys make a video when you went to Nordic Hot Tubs. I, I tagged along for that one. So I got to see it. But what is it like for you to make one of these videos? I mean, I was pretty impressed. I, I have to make little intro videos for our magazine each issue. And I have to, you know, write down exactly what I'm going to say and read it to, to even come across as halfway competent. But you guys, I feel like do a lot of stuff on the fly. Like it was, I could never do it. I was, I was pretty impressed to tell you the truth. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, we did try a script uh, one time that didn't work. It failed miserably. So we said, no, nope, we're not doing that again. It's a combination of, of really the, the both of us of the other John's vision of kind of he has this idea or he saw something and says, all right, let's head in this direction. And then we'll kind of go back and forth with the line or and you, you always have to have a joke in there. And you got to there's a lot of references. Again, I'm a I'm a product of the 80s and the 90s. Right. So there's a lot of uh, heavy metal references, a lot of hair bands. Uh, <laughs> yes. So, you know, there's a little bit of a theme and it's fun, but. At the end of the day, there's always a point to what we're trying to do. So yeah, scripts, yeah, they don't work for us. <laughs> we try. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and you talk about there being a point. I mean, I've been in the industry for, I mean, 11, maybe coming up on 12 years now. And, and I've been in hot tub factories, but even for me going to the Nordic factory, they added a process and had a, a type of material that I had never seen made before. And it was interesting. Like I learned a lot from being there and from watching it. And it was, it was really fun. No, absolutely. And and again, it's it's different. Everyone's different, right? Everyone has their own niche. Everyone has something to offer. If we can help to expose that or, or, or show it to the rest of the industry, maybe a homeowner or two, fantastic. Let's do it. Do you have a favorite video that you've done? I mean, how many have you guys done at this point? I mean, it's a, it's a lot. Yeah, I think we've done 80 videos now. Our objective was to do one a week. That's tough. Yeah. It was ambitious to start. The first year was easy because we traveled quite a bit together, again, in my territory. So it wasn't a big deal. I was seeing my customers, talking to our people, and we were able to, to get quite a few of them under our belt before this thing really started to take off. So now we've we're slacked off a little bit, but it's still our goal to make sure that we try and get at least one every two weeks if we can't get one a week done. I can totally relate to that. And I'm, and Jeff too, you know, you, you kind of have this great idea and this is what we're going to do. And then it's hard to maintain that creating content is a lot of work. And I don't think people realize what all goes into it before it actually ends up out there for people to see, you know, the phone calls and the emails and the coordinating and you guys are actually traveling. We just have to get people to call us. And even that's difficult sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. And, and, and so here's a little, here's a little factoid that you probably don't know is, uh, I've had multiple families in these videos and none of them are my actual own. So none of these people are my family. Oh, really? No. Even the one from, even the Thanksgiving one? Nope. Nope. Really? Yeah, some neighbors of uh, the other John that uh, that he knew. And, and we literally bought groceries and gave them to this poor woman and made her cook us Thanksgiving dinner. The kids, no, we couldn't. The kids couldn't eat, so we didn't finish until I don't know eight o'clock that night. 
And these poor little girls just wanted to eat dinner and they had to sit and look at me eat all the mashed potatoes and all the stuff. That's amazing. We'll post a link to that, the Thanksgiving video from last year, so you guys can see what we're talking about. But it's pretty funny. You just invade this family's home to talk about how Thanksgiving dinner relates to pool products. (laughs) It it was. It was was relating it to a a chemical and... uh, so again, there's always a point to the to the video. Well, and when I was watching that one, I was thinking, oh, how funny that, like, how great that he has this funny family that's totally game to do this. And now I've learned that it was all a lie, John. <laughs> <laughs> so my daughter, Spike, all her little girlfriends think that the legend is hilarious. And they watch the YouTube, one, her one little friend and their whole family watch the video when it comes out. My daughter is mortified. That's great. Yeah, I can't wait till my kids are old enough for what I do to embarrass them. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it, John, I, I didn't get to pick this question. I was assigned it, so <laughs> I, I'm not trying to bring this down. <laughs> but uh, do you have a least favorite video that you put together or one that was just really tough to make? The very first one we ever did. Yeah. If you watch that video and then watch what we're doing now, you'll understand. It is now... It was to the point. It was a, it was all product endorsement is what it was, right? So it was it was to the point. It was this. I borrowed my sister's convertible Mustang because we were going for that diners, drive-ins, and dives kind of theme. But if you look at it's it's very low energy. One of the things I'll tell you is filming with people is that when that camera comes out, they you could have the best personality in the world, and as soon as that camera comes out, everything changes. It's tough sometimes to get people to communicate because you need to be a little bit bigger. You know, it's in uh, audio form or in video form, you need to be a little bigger than you would in normal life. The little videos that I have to record, the last two that I did, I did when I was super pregnant. And, you know, you talk about you need to be a little bigger. In my case, it worked against me because... <laughs> I I was exhausted. I couldn't breathe, and those those were the worst videos I have ever done. Because, like you said, I was just I was just flat. I just had no energy, and it did not come across on the camera. And it was it was not great, not great. I was recently at a, a football game. I met some friends, and we were somewhere years ago, and we were given these props, these big glasses, and this this plastic microphone. And after the whole thing was over, I wound up sending it in the mail to this guy. Lo and behold, here we are two years later, he shows up to this football game with the microphone. And it's just this fake, obviously fake microphone. He had this ability to walk up to people and start interviewing them. And you are exactly right. Some of these people, everything about them changed. The part that I couldn't believe was that they thought it was real. And he would interview and he had it nailed down. Like I, I could, like he looked like he in his former life must have been uh, worked for a news channel and uh, he'd put the microphone right up to them. They'd start talking. He'd put it back. He'd put it back and forth. And I, it was hysterical. But you're, you, you, some of them were not hits because there was just no energy. And they still didn't know it was a fake microphone, but it was it was very funny. So I, I get what you're saying. If you don't have that energy, John, it's tough, huh? It, it's really tough. And, and again, no matter what format, whether it's audio or or visual, right, it, it's still you need to be just a little bit bigger than you normally would be. Now, in my case, I'm just doing what I normally do. But yeah, it's it's tough. You, I mean, you get great people who 
who are very insightful, who you really want to hear about their story. And they tell the story and you went, wow, that's <laughs> awful. <laughs> it's uh, it's so you gotta figure out what you're doing. Yeah. Well, isn't that like? I mean, we've we've never had that happen on the podcast ever, yeah. right, Jeff? Everyone has always been really, really upbeat and interesting. <laughs> There's too few to say that to talk either way, but yes, I I do remember one that was in particular painful. But yes, yeah. And so. sometimes we're the we're the painful ones, so you know it's we can spread it around. <laughs> That's so funny. It's just like a sporting event, right? You play to your level of your opponent. So if if you're talking with someone or if I'm shooting a video and I need to do something and the person that's next to me, it has low energy, my energy goes down. So I, there's nothing to say about that, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's why the Eagles have lost the last three weeks in a row. Is that what you're going right. with? Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, man. So do you still combine, try to kind of combine your duties where you're, you're traveling to do your other work and then include shooting some video at the same time or, have, or have things kind of taken on a life of their own? Uh, it's a little combination of both. Like I said, Haviland understands the importance of the message that, that we're trying to get across as far as exposing the industry and letting people become part of our world and, and to, to get them to understand that it's fun and it's exciting. So again, Haviland has allowed us to do that. I mean, we flew out to Texas, you know, saw one of our customers out there and did a nice little video. And then there was a uh, radio show. They asked me to be on the radio show down there and talk a little bit. And so that kind of evolved into, now we went and did another video shoot for some other guys. And, and so we were in Texas for I don't know, three, four days and shot three videos and I was on a radio show. When you pull up their website, um, Haviland's website right there when, on About Us is HavilandPool.com, social media and the legend. I mean, it's right there. Yeah. Obviously, it's something that they're loving that, at that company. I can tell. Yeah, it, it really is. And it's and it's fun. You know, I, I try and so we, we do the, the YouTube channel. I have a, a, a little Instagram Posts that I try and do and, and try and make friends. And, you know, we haven't gone viral yet, uh, but I'm hoping. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's fun, though. The, the people within the industry, I really think, understand and really help us promote what we're trying to do. So, and that's a good thing. That's a really, really good thing. It seems too from some of the videos that I've seen you guys do also. I mean, it's it kind of works both ways. I, I feel like you're also helping your customers get some promotion and, and do something fun that they normally wouldn't get to do for themselves. Like the local TV station isn't going to come down and do a video with this pool store talking about their backstory and, and make it fun and interesting like you guys do, but you'll do it. And then they kind of have this fun video that they can show their customers and use to help promote their business. So it seems like you kind of have some some cross promotion to help out some of the little guys too. Well, It's win-win. Yeah, that's one of the things. So you know, in the world of chemical sales and marketing, right? Pretty boring. Again, not a whole lot of fun. So instead of saying, hey, uh, dealer, if you buy X number of products, we'll give you a free display rack, right? Yeah, okay, big deal. You know, in a couple months, it's got my competitor stuff on it. I get it. I know how it works. It's okay. But what if we gave you a video that lasted forever? It's yours to keep. 
it goes for on and on and on for the, as long as the internet's around, which as far as I know, it's going to last forever. I don't know. <laughs> these dealers can use these things on their social media and in social media, in, in all forms of podcasts and YouTubes and Instagram and all these different formats now that are becoming so much more useful in the world of marketing and advertising. I really think it's something a little bit different. Nobody else is doing it really. I mean, there's, there's other, don't get me wrong. There's other guys that do other things. I think we just do it a little bit different. That's all. Yeah. I think it's unique having known, you know, some of the competitors in your industry. Yeah. This is, this is really cool. I think it's pretty awesome what you're doing here. But I do have to ask you, are you always wearing the sunglasses? You know, I really should be wearing the sunglasses at all times, but occasionally uh, I don't. Depends on what the, the other John's vision is of the video. Like uh, mm -hmm. at one point I played a, uh, a street uh, magician. And so I actually have uh, like black horn rim glasses with no lenses. So it's, uh, that's funny. Are you wearing the sunglasses right now? That's what we need to know. I am. No, I'm kidding. I'm not. But I do have them with me at all times, just in case I have to take a selfie for the internet. That's awesome. Do you think that having kids that have grown up kind of in the social media generation, do you think that kind of helps you stay up with that kind of stuff? Cause I feel like, I know people think I'm young. I'm not young enough to care about that kind of stuff. And it can be kind of hard to keep up and, and feel like, oh, I got to take a, like you said, like a selfie for the YouTube channel or for Instagram. I mean, does it help having people who care about that in your life? <laughs> uh, yes and no. No, um, I, I got to be honest with you. So up until we started the video series, so we started it in May. So uh, almost, not even two years ago, May, it wasn't until I think September when I made a Facebook page because I was so against. Again, I may not look it, but I'm old. And so I was against social media. Oh, it's bad. It's no good. And all of a sudden, we start doing this thing and, and I understand the marketing ploys behind it. And, you know, cause social media is rarely social, but all about media and marketing. Right. So then I learned a bunch. And so, you know, I'm, I'm okay with it. I really am. I was against it to start and, and I'm coming over to the dark side, I guess I should say. That's funny. Um, I haven't gotten there yet, John. I'll let you know. And anybody who says they don't have it, like me, of course, has a relative or somebody that sleeps with them in the same bed that has Facebook. So you can still see on Facebook everything that's going on on Facebook. I just get real bored really quick. Well, you you don't care what what people are doing all day long or or what they're what no, they're eating no. or. And, and, no, and I don't want them to know what I'm doing. Like I just I just want my privacy, which is a little different with what you're saying. With the legend, no, there are there are certain things. I certainly am grateful that our the companies that I represent have following with that, and, and they're doing lots of stuff with with Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff. I think that's an awesome thing. So don't get me wrong, but I just think personally, yeah, whatever. Brings up an inter interesting question I have for you, Jeff, because I felt kind of like you, Jeff. I would prefer to be behind the scenes and not to be known. But I felt like once I 
bought the magazines and even somewhat before that, I felt like it became a lot more important for me to be seen and in some ways in a vulnerable way, like about just kind of my life and my family. And I just felt like people needed to relate to me on that level in a way that they hadn't before. Do you feel like that at all? Or or, I mean, I guess I feel like the answer is no. No, no, I, I don't even like we have a customer appreciation night. And John, you would love this. Our customer appreciation nights, we do, now we're selling spa chemicals, but we'll sell sixty dollars to $70,000 worth of spa chemicals and covers and lifters in an evening. Like it's, it's wow. so you, you can just imagine wow. yeah. the influx of people. And I love being in the back, watching the stuff, the sales, keeping an eye on things, uh, glad handing, letting people know. It, it. Some people are into that. God bless them. That's what they want to be. I just really, I get freaked out about losing my privacy. I think a lot of people do too. You know, I do think this, the, the generation now, uh, that just gives up everything every time they put an app on their phone. I don't know if you guys are the same way. You go to put an app on your phone. It's like, okay, this app's going to have uh, access to all your contacts. Yep. And then, you know, later you're like, where the heck did this person get my email address from? Well, it's probably <laughs> something like that, right? <laughs> so, so why is this person emailing me? How did they get that information? So yeah, it's different. I think that's a whole other topic. That's a... Yeah, that's a whole other show. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it is. It's it's different. I mean, we're we're in different businesses, and you know, it's it's a different it's a different kind of thing for sure. I mean, I feel like when you are in media in any form, to a certain extent, you have to be okay with being out there. And I think I've just over the last year felt like I had to be out there more than maybe is my normal comfort zone. <laughs> yes. And when spring dance hot tubs has their own retail magazine, then I feel like we need to do that at that point, but, <laughs> but I'm going to leave that up to you right now. We do some, we do some custom publishing, Jeff, if you ever need me to make a magazine for you, I would, I would be happy to let you pay me to do that. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of neat stuff that comes along with the social media, but Again, um, I think in my my position, it's most important for me to be in front of my my employees that mm-hmm. way. Sure, and and I and I get to do that by seeing them and talking to them daily. So it's interesting, John, because you, I mean, you just seem so comfortable and kind of like a natural doing this kind of stuff. So it's kind of interesting that even you were like, oh, this sort of freaks me out a little bit. But I guess if I have to, and now you're all in. Well, I, I'm all in in the business sense. I do it to promote the legend and the business side of things. My personal stuff, nope, nope. Sure. I, and, and quite honestly, yeah, the Facebook thing. So here's here's a little bit of information you guys might like. So we kind of track our demographic and see where we're going with this thing, what's going on. Ironically, my 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 core demographic is uh, middle school kids and middle aged women. There's my demographic. <laughs> wow, that's funny. That's amazing. Yeah. Man. I wonder, I wonder why that is. Do you guys have any, any ideas why you think that's it? Facebook for the middle-aged women and YouTube for the middle school kids. That's so true. Kids love YouTube. Like you would not believe. My kids are on it all the time. Watch whatever you need to do. I mean, I use it. If I broke a faucet at my house and I, I'm like, I don't know how to fix this thing. What do I do? YouTube it. Middle school kids and my 40-year-old husband love YouTube, I guess I should. He turns 40 next week, and if he wants to listen to a song, he goes to YouTube, which I would never do that. You know, I've got an app for everything, but he's just like, why would I do that if I can just get everything from YouTube? (laughs) That's so funny. Well, no, I, I get frustrated when I forget to. 
Like it's like you know I'm running around. I'm like, why didn't I yeah. just YouTube it? That's like I got a new vehicle and in my garage. We we moved into a new home, so I have this garage door. It's this is amazing thing where we actually have a garage we can park cars in. And and I I could not for the life of me figure out how to make the transmitter in my visor work with the car like the the in the garage like i youtubed it and sure enough there it was step by step i followed the directions and <laughs> it was done you know and and, and yeah so and didn't you feel didn't you feel like a genius that you thought that you actually like found oh, this yeah. and it told you how to do yeah. it and then you did it <laughs> yeah well it's just funny too because the other downside of it is there's so much information out there and like what you were saying about salt and about these different things. So you go out there and you can confuse yourself and, and then you have people telling you not to worry about this, this, and this, you know, and, and when it comes to water care and, and you forget that it's all about balance first, everything, it's all about your pH. If you do not get your pH and your alkalinity lined up in your calcium hardness you you just can't go farther forward and uh it's boring there's nothing right. sexy about that it's awful right <laughs> but it that's that's where it yeah. starts it wasn't sexy but now we've got the legend to bring the bring the pizzazz yeah yes make yeah make water balance sexy you can do that maybe that's our new theme i'm bringing sexy back <laughs> yeah, to, to water. You know, we're sitting here year as we get into what what do we want to do this year? What am I going to do to drive our business? And and I, I'm really trying to get back to the basics of water care. I mean, that, that's the number one reason these people call us mm -hmm. and they're frustrated. And we have labs set up in our stores and we have all this stuff. And people come every week to get their water tested and we're spending money. It's expensive now to get the water tested with the little machines and all the little things you put together and it takes a lot of time and then the people go thank you and they walk away and they don't buy yeah. anything from you <laughs> so, no so I, I'm yeah i mean i'm thinking let's go old school let's go back to just get your water balanced and then at that point we'll test your water with with test strips we'll do we'll just do it like you're doing it at your house and get away from this and just try to make it simple people especially with spas it, people don't understand that that body of water is so small with the number of people that get in there can get away from you real quick if you're not on top of it. And if you, if you neglect exactly. those things and just think you're going to open the lid on one Sunday after it's been sitting in the backyard for six months with no use and everything's going to be hunky dory. Nah, yeah. it doesn't work like that. Yeah. They're like, Oh, it's crystal clear. I'm like, it smells like a swamp. That's your first, <laughs> that's the first reason you shouldn't be getting in there. Right. And, and, and of course, the other is the thing. People come into the store. They're getting everything tested. And you ask, well, how's your water look? Oh, it's crystal clear. How's it smell? It smells great. I'm like, why are you here? Yeah. Why, why are you here? <laughs> you have no life. You just want to get your water tested. I understand. But oh my gosh. That would be me. I would be hyper vigilant because I've heard all the horror stories that I would be like, it says it's fine. It looks fine. It smells fine. But you have to tell me that it's okay before I get in there. <laughs> so, I'll give you one little tidbit of nothing. Oh, here's a little chemistry legend rule for water chemistry and balance. Use borates. Use borates. Oh. Okay. Is just an incredible product that in other manufacturers, we're not the only guys in the world that do it, but it is an additional buffering system for your water. It helps to maintain pH better. It helps to maintain total alkalinity better. So you have less movement on those things. So if I can tell you anything to help balance the world of hot tubs, or it's. 
And what are we what are we seeing flying out there today? Companies that are have mass growth on these these borate type type products like the silk balances and the there's several of them out there yep. right now that are and that's what they're yep. doing and they're they're holding the pH they're do, like you said they're buffering and doing that and making it easy, and that's the biggest thing that we hear. I was so humbled. I covered a, a Costco while we had some hot tubs in there. I was only in there for three hours and had more insults hurled at me about germ baths and how disgusting hot tubs were. We had one of these and, and like, and I'm just like, really? Like I, I signed up for this abuse. Like you're just going to walk up and give me all this. And as I, I learned more about it, I'm like, that's the key right now. Just take away the pain yep. points, right? Make it easy. People will pay for that. They're already paying $10,000 on average for a right. hot tub. Why on earth wouldn't they pay more to make sure it's taken yeah. care of properly, if not by us and a valet service, but be taken care of on their end if they they just follow through? It really can be something we just overthink. Uh, agreed. So. Agreed. Well, I think this is probably a good place to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we will uh, hit John with the Spa Retailer 10 and learn a little bit more about, about him. Experience true spa convenience at the touch of a button. Strong Spa's fully automated DuraShield hardcover is another example of Strong's innovative engineering in a long line of industry firsts. Strong has taken the durability and strength of its hardcover and made the ease of use even simpler. Effortlessly open and close DuraShield with a simple turn of a key. Strong's DuraShield hardcover holds 1,000 plus pounds and comes with a limited lifetime guarantee. I've seen the automated hardcover in person and it was impressive. Be sure to check it out at the next industry trade show. All right, John. So when we started working on um, getting you on as a guest, you were in Aruba. So I think the first question is fitting. Uh, what is your favorite vacation spot? I, I was in Aruba and, and honestly, my favorite vacation spot is uh a little tiny cabin in the woods in northern Michigan. Wow. Um, I like that. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's quiet. I can be by myself. I, I really enjoy that. You talk about going to the shows and when we're in Aruba, I think you're at a distributor meeting. So you got to go to on all of these trips to all of these places. So is it nice for you, like you said, when you can just kind of have a quiet place by yourself with your family yeah and quite honestly not always with my family just by myself i heard i heard that the first time <laughs> the trips are nice that uh i can take my wife on for that's for all of those years that i wasn't around right and uh, i couldn't really take her places with my own store so now she gets to go to aruba with me and and she can experience those things but for me I'm pretty simple. You'd be surprised. I, I enjoy just uh, sitting in the woods. How about your favorite restaurant, favorite food? What are we talking there? I'm a meat and potatoes guy. And I, and I do have to say that this goes back to when I got married. My wife and I got married in Vegas. We went to eat at Emerald Lagasse's restaurant, uh, the first one he had out there. And it was phenomenal. Now I've eaten at probably oh, at least four of his restaurants. And I got to say that I, I really enjoy his cuisine, no matter what style he's cooking in, whatever the restaurant is, it's always really, really good stuff. If you ever get his banana cream pie. Oh my gosh. I was just going to say that the banana <laughs> cream pie in New Orleans. Amazing. I love there, it yes, so it's much. Very good. See, 
I didn't get to go to New Orleans this time, obviously, but the last time I was there, I picked up a to-go order of just the banana cream pie and took it back to my hotel room and ate it by myself. And it was it was like the best decision I made that entire trip. It was great. Well, we forgot about this until just now. As we were walking down the street, myself and the other John, the other half of the, the Legend series, uh, we're walking down towards Emerald's restaurant and he hits me. He goes, hey, and here comes Emerald Lagasse walking right past us. No way. Yes. I'm like, I'm not that guy. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bug this guy. He was obviously heading somewhere to do something. So, anyways, I saw him. Well, you should have gotten a picture because we could have used it for the podcast, John. Yeah. I can't believe you ruined it for us. (laughs) (laughs) What would be your favorite book or a TV show or podcast? I mean, I don't know where you fall in the whether you're a reader, a watcher, or a listener. What would be your favorite? Well, obviously, this is my favorite podcast. Well done. <laughs> well, um, I, I will say I, I am not a reader, never have been. But once we started this video series, I had a guy, we were at a, a it was a customer, it was a pool dealer said, you know what you guys are doing? You're doing exactly what this book says. And he shows me this book and it's called Marketing Outrageously. I, and I can't remember the guy that wrote it, but I went I went and purchased this book and I read it and he was, he's absolutely right. It's kind of what we're trying to do. So if you've got any people listening that, that want to read a great marketing book, it's called marketing outrageously. And it's got like a big sumo wrestler in like a purple (laughs) diaper on it, on the cover. It's a great, great book. Great. Well, we'll make sure that we, we link to that. So if anyone wants to check it out, that they can they can find it really quick. Other podcasts, I'm really getting into these. They're called Business Wars. I don't know if you've heard of these ones yet or not. No, no, that's a, no, that's a new one for me, I think. Oh, it is phenomenal. I mean, they go from everything. I just listened to uh, Red Bull versus Monster. And oh, sure. And all that behind the scenes. There's just some really, really good ones. So if you're in the business and listening to podcasts like like this one, that's another outlet of different, you know, serial wars and Mars versus Hershey and all that kind of stuff. So interesting. Yeah, that's a good one too. And as far as TV shows, you know, I'm a I'm an American Pickers kind of guy, Drivers Dining. I mean, that that's kind of kind of like that reality type show thing. The series that I really like are the, the Men That Built America. I don't know if you've seen any of these yet, but they've got, uh, it starts with the Vanderbilt family and it goes into JP Morgan and it gets into really how the United States was established and the good and the bad of business back then. Cause it was nasty stuff like, hey, uh, you know, Rockefellers show up and say, hey, you're going to sell your gas company to me or we're breaking your legs. Kind of mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's it, funny. It was good. So that's a good series on, uh, I think it's on History Channel too. So stuff like that. We're switching here to get more serious, but who is who was or is your mentor right now? Right now, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm kind of on my own now. now I've got kind of taken things that people have given me throughout the years. And now I'm trying to take those things and, and make my own way and, and try to maybe mentor someone else or give someone else somebody to look up to in life. Because, you know, growing up, obviously my my, my parents were were a big influence on me. My grandfather, who was uh, much more like me than I'm like my father. My father's pretty straight-laced engineer type. And uh, my grandfather, you know, was one of those guys that 
And he didn't have to know you. He can sit down and next thing you know, you're, you're having a meal with him. <laughs> so he was one of those. And then you wouldn't know it by looking at me now, but I, I was pretty into martial arts when I was younger. I first started, it was a, it was a man and woman. I was young, 12 years old or so. I was on a path that wouldn't have been so good as a little kid. These people kind of showed me what respect is and discipline and perseverance. And, and uh, she was a Sunday school teacher who uh, won the Tough Woman contest in, the, in Detroit. You know, he was a kickboxer and, and uh, their names were Albert and Patsy Moore. And they were just phenomenal people that saw something in me and allowed me to, at a young age, start becoming a, a, a karate instructor. So I was teaching, I had my own classes. I had two a week at 12, 13, 14 years old, teaching adults, which can be pretty intimidating when you're a kid, you know? I, I think those experiences really helped me in life and kind of molded me. And I hope that I can give some of that to my kids and and people in the industry that are trying to, to do better things. So you told us what your first pool job was, your first industry job, but what was your first real job in general? What was, were you uh, working at McDonald's like Jeff? No. <laughs> so funny story. No, but my sister worked at McDonald's. There was a farmer that would come at the end of the night and they called it the pig box. And they would throw all of the, uh, like the leftover stuff into this box. Because they couldn't read the leftover, the leftover McDonald's stuff. Yeah, so like the burgers that had been under the light too long and all that kind of stuff, and he would pick it up and feed it to his pigs. So my sister would call me and say, "Hey, we just got a fresh batch of you know Big Macs went in here or something," and I, me and my buddies would go up and grab them all and, and eat them. So you know. So you guys were eating out of the pig box? Yes. <laughs> we, we didn't actually have a pig box. I think I was too close to Philadelphia. There were no so, yeah, that was, uh, that was fun. So I, I did, before I got into the pool business, I did whatever I could do to earn a buck. I mean, if you needed your, your garage swept out, I'd go sweep it out. If you needed the, I mean, I remember hauling two pallets of bricks down a hill for my buddy's brother. We rode our bikes to the job to do it. He paid us, he probably paid us 20 bucks, right? But it took us all day. And uh, we, you know, we got him all to the bottom and he called us the next day. He said, yeah, I got to move those back. They got to be put in a different spot. So we went back and had to move them back. No way. Yeah, yeah. So I did whatever. I mean, I made sandwiches. I worked at, I worked at a, a full service gas station for a little bit, changing oil and checking the oil on your car, full service, you know, pump, you know, you want it filled and the, we did it all. So there's not much that I haven't tried at least. Well, do you remember the first product you sold to a customer and what you sold them? I would say it goes back to the, the pool store when I was working for a guy. This would have been in the late 90s. And this, I'll never forget. So this long haired guy comes in with a, an attractive older woman, which I later found out was his mother. But he comes in and he looks yeah, a little hip hoppy. And I started laughing. And he says, uh, you know, I need a hot tub for my new house. I'm up here. I said, okay. And we talked a little bit and what he's looking for. And, and so finally, I get the invoice ready to write it up. And I said, I do I, well, I don't know what name to use. Do I use Kid Rock? Do I use what, what name? And he says, no, you can use my real name, Bob Ritchie. And I'm okay. 
And it, that was Kid Rock? Yeah, so I sold Kid Rock a hot tub. He came in with his mother. We <laughs> sell him the hot tub. And super nice guy. His mother was phenomenal. We deliver the hot tub, and he wasn't there. His mom was there, and I, I told her, I said, hey, listen, when he gets back in town, have him call me, and I'll come over and show him how everything works and set it all up. I said, but the first week of December, we'll be at the National Trade Show in New York, in uh, Las Vegas. And she says, oh, really? he's going to be in Las Vegas then. I go, really? She goes, yeah, he's, gonna be, he's got a concert. You want tickets? I went, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so we show up at the Hard Rock and go to the Will Call. And she gave me four tickets and gave them my last name. And they looked and they're like, and we don't have any tickets. How'd you get them? Did you win them in a radio contest? And I'm like, uh, Kid Rock's mom? <laughs> oh, they'll, no, be here. they'll be here in an hour. Go get something to eat. Come on back. So we went back, got the tickets. We had a mezzanine seating and everything. It was uh, it was fun. That's amazing. That's funny. He's got a real beef with Oprah right now. I don't know what <laughs> It's all over the news. I think we're going to need to um, modify that question to maybe who is the most famous person you've ever sold a hot tub to? I'm sure you've got some famous people in your repertoire of customers, Jeff, too. <laughs> we should change that. Yeah. Oh, I like I said, we, I sold the former secretary of the Navy a hot tub. And the, I mean, that's no was, kidding. That's a big deal. I mean, he oversaw the 9-11 commission and all oh, sorts yeah. of stuff. I mean, he was a big deal. It's amazing the people who you'll cross paths with in this industry. <laughs> it really is. People are people, right? They want hot tubs. They want pools. They want all that stuff. Just because you're the secretary of the Navy doesn't mean you have a hot tub. Doesn't mean you need to relax oh, a little no, bit, he, right? <laughs> no, no, no. He's bought three over the years. I mean, he loves his hot tub. Like he, he has to have his hot tub. Like wow. he gets serious when it talks when he talks about his hot tub. So, if you weren't doing this, John, what would you? What do you think you would be doing as a as a career if this wasn't it? I would have pursued a career as a as a cop or a fireman. It sounds weird, but you know, I've always I don't know how I do it now, but I've always wanted to help people, right? So it, I, yeah, that would have been I would have stayed on that path. I could picture you as a cop. Yeah, I think I can't grow a mustache. So <laughs> <laughs> all right, John, this is always a good one. Okay, what product or ideas? What's the biggest flop? that you've ever brought into your business when you had your business? Or maybe, you know, the biggest flop for a legend video. I don't know. <laughs> I guess it was a flop because I didn't promote it really well. But again, I was always looking at things a little bit different. And I brought in a lot of like energy drinks and protein bars. And I thought, well, this is kind of health and, you know, the benefit. Yeah. And, and, and that, you know, it did not go well at all. I was drinking a lot of off-brand energy drinks, let me tell you. <laughs> That's so funny. That's funny. That's what you had in your store for your customers, promoting health. Yeah. Okay. And so here's the thing that I never, I'll tell you, here's the thing I never did and I always wanted to do, because I still think it's a good idea, is I always wanted to put like a, like an ice cream chest, just a small ice cream chest that you could throw with popsicles and ice cream bars and, and ice cream sandwiches and put it next to the cash register or somewhere in a store by a lab, water lab, wherever, so that when people came in and there's a long line and people got to wait to talk to somebody or do, I mean, ice cream bars are cheap, right? It's not, it's part of the cost of doing business. I'm not looking to get rich off. If you wanted to charge, I guess you could, but you got a little kid running around the store, ripping everything off the shelf. 
give him a popsicle and make him go stand outside. What keep him busy for 20 minutes? That's an interesting. We have a, a real like a, a soda machine, like you would not a soda machine, but a soda cooler like you see in a in a okay. convenience store, and it's full of different sodas. And sure. yeah, that's for the customers. Like if they want to grab a soda, yep. yeah, grab a soda. I did get annoyed at customer appreciation night when a woman was sticking six, you know, Coca-Colas in her purse. I think that <laughs> and someone yeah. obnoxious. There's uh, always gonna be that people, one but... person. <laughs> but they're not they don't always that's I like that. Yeah, that's I like the like, I like the ice cream yeah. popsicle idea. And I feel like if you're doing a wet test in a hot tub, you know, having a, a popsicle not the worst thing either. <laughs> You know, you bring up this ice cream thing. I remember hearing about the spa wars that were going on in Northern California back in like the uh, 80s and 90s, maybe the early 90s. And there was one company that if you test soaked, whenever you visited and let them pitch you on a spa, they would give you a, a half gallon of Schwann's ice cream. And it wasn't really about giving them the ice cream. It was giving them the ice cream so they had to drive home and put it in their freezer and they wouldn't continue shopping. <laughs> I, thought that, I thought that was brilliant. That is really I smart. About that. that guy was a genius. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the things they, they used to do. So conversely, you, you know, so the energy drinks didn't take off, but um, what would you say was the, the best idea or the biggest game changer that you've ever made in your business? The best thing idea I had, so I just opened again, 2008, the economy's in the toilet. Nobody's doing anything. I'm opening a new, new location and I'm trying to drum up some business. And so I had uh, the girl that babysat for me. I had her to test water and help me out in the store a little bit. I said, hey, here's an idea. So I, I had a buddy that owned a tire store up the street and had him give me, or I bought from him, these giant tractor, like 60 inch big tractor inner tubes. Because when I was a kid, I loved those things. I mean, they were the best thing for the pool or the lake. And so we blew one up. Her name was Kelsey and I had Kelsey and she rolled one out to the corner and sat in it with a sign that said pool store. That was it. I got more business from that, her sitting in that tube. People are like, you sell those things? I'm like, yeah. I was buying them for like 15, 20 bucks and I was selling them for 60. It was great. It's amazing the little things that that take off like that are just, you know, that get people to come in and look around. That's great. Yeah. And it was, there was people that didn't even own pools, but they were coming in to buy those tubes because they lived on a lake or they had a friend that had a lake house or what. And so, you know, those are sales that you would have never have had, right? So it's, it was good. Here's the final question. Scariest leap of faith, either in your business or personal life? Most people are going to laugh at this because it wasn't opening up my own pool store. It was actually taking the job with Haviland. Oh, really? Because I gave up control of my destiny when I did that. I gave it up. I'm going to work for you now. And I'm not calling all the shots. And I don't make all the rules. That was really, really hard. It can be hard, I think, to, from going from being your own boss to, like you said, suddenly having to play by someone else's rules again. That can be that can be a tough thing to do. And again, ironically, the company is phenomenal. So nobody messes with me. They like me. They we all get along. We just this and that. My bosses are phenomenal. I mean, it is. It was scary when I did it, and now it's like, yeah, okay, they're my people. We're we're yeah. good. But yeah, to give up that control of your own destiny, like you said, I'm a firm believer I'm betting on myself. 
it's harder when you you're betting on someone else. Well, I'm glad it worked out for you because, like you said, like we said, that could be that could be difficult. But I think about that sometimes, and there's just a handful of companies that I you know see from afar that it's like you know what if if I had to work for someone else again, I could do that. <laughs> yeah. It, I, and ironically, as much as I travel now, I see, well, I don't see my son anymore because he's off at college, but I see my family more now than I did before when I had when I had my stores because typically I'm home on the weekends. Now that said, up until, I don't know, last Thursday, I think it was, in three weeks, I was only home for like 48 hours. So it was a rough. It was a rough. <laughs> Yeah, you get to this time of year where there's the trade shows and then all of the dealer events that each, you know, different manufacturer has and distributor has. And yeah, it can add up pretty quick. Yeah, it sure does. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the podcast with us. I really appreciate it. It was it was fun having you on and we you know we enjoy watching the videos and seeing what you guys are doing. And so um, so thank you for sharing kind of how that process has been for you guys. I appreciate you guys having me. I mean, it's been uh, it's been a blast. I I love I love talking to people, so it's uh, it's fun. The Spa Retailer Podcast is produced by Spa Retailer Magazine. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SpaRetailer.com, and the Spa Retailer app. Please leave us a review and let us know what you think, or email us at podcast at sparetailer.com. Thank you.